So the uh, so today's daf is Lamed Chet in Eruvin. We are at the Mishnah on the top. As you can see, this parak is a lot easier than uh, the first one, and even the first two. And uh, it's a lot more. It's a lot easier to to follow in terms of um, the concepts, and it's simpler. Rabbi Eliezer Omer Yom Tov Asomuch LeShabbat. This is the opposite of what we're about to have. We're about to have Shabbat that is uh, uh, that that leads into Yom Tov. Um, he's talking about Yom Tov Asamuch Shabbat, but although he says Ben Milafana Ben either way, right? Either way, so it could be Yom Tov is before Shabbat or after Shabbat. Either way, we're about to have a Shabbat that leads into Yom Tov three times because uh, we have that for Rosh Hashanah and then, and then Sukkot and then Shemini Atzeret. Um, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. No, we had a three day. Yeah, we had a three day Yom Tov on that one. So the question here, the, the issue at hand is going to be, when you have two days of Kedushah, now, the Mishnah doesn't recognize an idea of Yom Tov Sheni. It's not talking about Yom Tov Sheni like what we have. It's talking about one day Yom Tov, because it was made in Eretz Israel, that one day of Yom Tov. So when it talks about Yom Tov HaSamuch Shabbat or Shabbat HaSamuchal Yom Tov, talking about where, let's say, the one day of the holiday falls on a Friday or Sunday. It's not talking about Yom, the two days. So the, the idea is that the question is, when you have two Yamim Kedoshim next to each other, two holy days next to each other, Shabbat and Yom Tov, do they form one entity or they're two entities? Now we know that the rules are a little bit different for Shabbat and Yom Tov, but in terms of the Kedoshah, does it become like one entity? So that, that's the question. He says, Marev Adam Shne Eruvin. Really a person could make two Eruvin if he wanted to go. Let's say he wanted to go to the West. 2,000 amot further to the west on the first day, on Yom Tov, and want to go 2,000 amot to the east on the second day and cancel the west. He only wants to go to the east. So he could do that. Ve'omer, he could say, Eruvi barishon lamizrach, u'basheni lemarav. He could say, I want to go, that my, my first Eruv is to the east, second one to the west, right? Barishon lemarav, u'basheni lemizrach. You could say the first one is to the west, the second one is to the east. Eruvi barishon u'basheni Right, or, or you could say Eruv Barishon. My first Eruv, my Eruv is on the first day. iri, but on the second day I just want to be like the people of my city, meaning I don't want to make any Eruv. Or Eruv Barishoni Barishon iri, or you could say I want this Eruv only to be for the second day and not the first day. In other words, on that, let's say, let's say it's a Friday and it's a, then it's Shabbat and Yom Tov, okay? Or, or it could be that it's a Thursday and it's Yom Tov and then Shabbat. Either way, the person can go on the Erev of the two days and say. I'm putting two Eruvin, one to the west and one to the east. The first one is to the, the west is for day one. I want to go 2,000 extra Amot to the west, but I want that to end for the second day because I can't contradict myself. And then I want to go to the east and forget the west and go east. Okay, he can do that. Or he could say, I want an Eruv to the west for the first day. And the second day, I have no Eruv at all. So I can go wherever I want within the Tchum of the city and I, I'm not restricted. Because remember, whenever you make an Eruv, you're restricting yourself on the other side. If, you, if your Eruv is to the west, you get an extra 2,000 Amot of the, to the west, but you have zero that you can go to the east out of the, out of the city, right? So you, you're, you're taking from the, uh, from the other side and putting on that side. So he can do that, according to Rabbi Eliezer, he can make two Eruvin that contradict each other because the two days are two independent days. The rabbi said, no, it's all or nothing. All or nothing. You pick one way that's going to be for all two days. 
Okay, you cannot say, I want it only to be for first day this way or second day that way. Or first day, yes, second day, no. Whatever you do is for the two days. They're saying, Kedusha Achat. It's like one entity. Very simple. Ketzad It goes on the first day, and he waits till it gets dark, and he takes the Eruv back, comes back on the second day, and then he stays there and he eats it. Okay? So therefore he benefits because he gets, to, uh, he gets to go the direction he wants to go. And he also benefits from being able to, uh, to, uh, to, to benefit from the uh, consumption of the Eruv. Now what is it talking about here? Why, what is he doing here? So, um, so Rashi explains. He's talking about he sends, let's say, a, a, a shaliach to do this for him. So Erev Yom Tov, let's say it's a Friday Yom Tov. So Thursday, he tells his uh, servant, <coughs> go and stay there until Yom Tov begins and then bring it back. Okay, you don't have to leave it there. You just have to be there at the beginning of Shabbat or at the beginning of Yom Tov. Go bring it there and then bring it back. And then he says to him, uh, then he says, go back on Yom Tov itself uh, and, and for the second Eruv. Okay, now obviously this is talking about uh, this has to be talking about the first opinion because according to the Chachamim, that one Eruv that you make is for the whole two days. Right? It's not, you don't have to renew the Eruv. But according to Rabbi Eliezer, you, could br- you bring the Eruv there the first day, you could bring it back and you bring it the second day. How can you bring it back? It's Yom Tov, why not? You don't have to leave it there. That's what I'm saying. You just have to be there when Shabbat starts and then you can bring it back. Yeah, but so no, and then, and then the next day, Friday, he can go back and before Shabbat starts, he can make another one. Right? So that's, that's the idea. So, so, they, so, we, so that's why it says, Nechal barishon, Eruvol arishon, sheni. If it's eaten on the first day, then it's only good for the first day, not for the second day. Right? So, uh, because according to the Chachami, according to Rabbi Eliezer, the, uh, the eating of the... I'm just reading the simple meaning of the Mishnah. According to, that it's going Rabbi Eliezer. Really. That going to Rabbi Eliezer, you need the Eruv to be renewed because he holds it Shtei It's two in, independent days that each one needs an Eruv. So if it got eaten on the first day, there was no Eruv for the second day. You need to renew it. It's not... You can't make one for the two days. Does each day separate? Okay? So it says, Amar Rabbi Eliezer, Rabbi Eliezer, or so Amar Lehen Rabbi Eliezer, Modimatem li. You must agree with me then that these are two kedushot. Because really, this whole statement, even though it seems to follow Rabbi Eliezer, it's actually the Chachamim talking. So you get surprised at the end of the Mishnah because you think it's Rabbi Eliezer's opinion that you have to go and renew the Eruv. But actually, the rabbis are saying you should do that. You can go and take the, uh, take the Eruv back and bring it back. Why would you do that? According to them, it's all one kedushah. So whatever you did on Erev Yom Tov should count for the whole thing. He says, ah, so you, you see, you guys agree with me that you have to renew it again. And then if it gets eaten on the first day, you don't have an Eruv for the second day. So you're agreeing with me that it's, right? so that, that it's two different days. It's not all one day. So, so we're going to see what the Gemara is going to do with that. Because really it would have sounded like what they were saying was, like Rabbi Eliezer's opinion, that you have to renew it for the second day. And if it gets ruined on the first day or eaten on the first day, it's no good for the second day. But that was actually the Chachamin talking. And Rabbi Eliezer says, wait a second, you're agreeing with me now that it's two separate days. You're not, right? That, that, that's, that's what it says. And the says, In the beginning, the rabbi said, you can either choose one way, you can only choose one direction for the Eruv. 
And you can only choose it for both days. You can't have it only for one day. But really that's saying the same thing because they were saying you have to choose one direction for the two dates. So why did they say yamim, right? that it's either for two days or it's no, or it's no eruv? But they're really saying the same thing, that you have to commit to one direction for the two days. So why did they have to say it in the two different ways? They said it, oh, you have to pick one direction and you have to pick it for two days. Just say you have to pick one direction. We'll get the idea. Why did they have to say it twice? It's the same thing. It's the same idea. So it says, This is what Rabbi said to Rabbi Eliezer. Because really the rabbis were saying to Rabbi Eliezer, don't you agree, Rabbi Eliezer, that you can't make an Eruv for from 6 a.m. to 12, it's to the north. From 12 to 6 p.m., it's to the south. You can't do that, right? So, so too, you shouldn't be able to say, Friday, which is Yom Tov, I'm going to the west. And Shabbat, I'm going to the east, because it's all one day. And he said to them, Aval, he said, yes. So the rabbi said, if you can't do that, so so if that's true, then you also shouldn't be able to make it that on Yom, the first day of the Yom Tov, which is, let's say, a, a, a Yom Tov, and the second day is Shabbat, you shouldn't also be able to switch. Rabbi Eliezer will tell you, that you can't mix the two. You're talking about a case where in one day, which is one Kiddushah, you can't have two different Erovin going on. That I agree. But that, but that doesn't apply to where there's two different days here, two Kiddushot, a Shabbat and a, and a Yom Tov. It's not the same thing. So he says, ah, so Amalein, Rabbi Eliezer, Rabbi Yezu said to the rabbis, Don't you agree that if you went and made an Eruv with your feet, meaning one of the ways you can make an Eruv is you don't leave food there, you just go sit there until Shabbat starts. That's also Eruv to Chumim. So he says, don't you agree if you did that on the first day, you have to go back and do that again on the second day if you want to renew it. And don't you agree, like you said in the Mishnah, that if your food gets eaten of the Eruv to and it's not there by the beginning of the second day that it doesn't count for the second day. Don't you agree? The rabbi said, yeah, I'm rulo aval. So he said, bet kiddushot then. So then what's the only way that can make sense if it's two kiddushot? So in other words, the Rabbi Eliezer is showing a contradiction in the position of the Chachamim. Because the Chachamim on one hand, they're saying that you can only commit to one direction for the entire two days of a Shabbat and Yom Tov double. They can't say that they're going to have for Friday that is a Yom Tov one direction and for Shabbat a different direction. You can't do that. Uh, however, at the same time, they're saying that if you did the Eruv by going to the place, you would have to do that again on the second day. And if you did the Eruv with food and it got destroyed, it wouldn't count for the second day. So they're obviously separating the two days. They're not saying it's all one unit of time. So they said, You're right, the rabbis are not consistent. The reason why they're not consistent is because it was a suffix to them. They weren't sure whether to treat a Yom Tov and Shabbat that are tzmudot, like that, you know, connected to each other, as one or as two kedushot. So therefore, what did they say? They said, insofar as lechumra, that if you have, you can't have contradictory eruvin and say, I'm going to the west for Friday and I'm going to the east for Shabbat. You can't do that. However, if your eruv gets destroyed on the first day of the Yom Tov, let's say on the Friday is a Yom Tov, then it won't count for Shabbat. And if you did the Eruv by going to the spot on Friday, then you would have to go back to that same spot on, uh, 
Meaning you did on Thursday, on Erev Yom Tov, you went to the spot, so you also would have to go to the spot again on Friday, Erev, Erev Shabbat, to renew it. Because they're not sure. Don't you agree though, Rabbi Eliezer, that you're not supposed to make the Eruvet Chumin on Yom Tov, meaning if Yom Tov falls on Friday, you're not supposed to make it on Yom Tov. Even you agree, even you, Rabbi Eliezer, that says you can have two. You could... You can set one on Thursday. Let's say we have a Friday Shabbat double double header. So you could put Yom, you could put two Eruvin on Thursday, one to the west and one to the east, and say on Shabbat on Friday I'm going to visit my grandma to the west, and on on on, on, on Shabbat I'm going to visit my rabbi to the east. And you could do that, but you have to do it on Thursday. Even you agree, you don't do it on Yom Tov, right? You don't do it on Yom Tov. So he says, Amalein Aval, he said, yeah. Aval Halayes. So they said, the truth is then Kedusha Achati. So then you agree that it's all one Kedusha. Oh. It's all one Kedusha, Friday and Shabbat, because you're not allowed to make the Eruv on Friday on the Yom Tov for the Shabbat. So obviously you're not treating it as two separate things. What do you mean? It's not that. It's, it, that's the logic is not, I don't see Why not? Because it, it could be two different kedushot, but then you can just cannot do it. Well, that's what he's going to answer them. Yeah, Rabbi Eliezer He says that's because you're not allowed to prepare from Yom Tov to Shabbat. It's a different issue. You're not supposed to prepare from Yom Tov to Shabbat, so you could prepare beforehand. So do it on Thursday. You're exactly right. That's that's the point. It doesn't mean that it's the same kedushah. It just means that it's better not to do it on Yom Tov. What would they say that's a, that's a whole discussion. The Rambam has to think about it. The Rambam has to think about making Eruvin or Eruv Tavshilid and things like that. And making a Tanai from uh, uh, making a Tanai. Basically what you do is you make a condition and you say, if today is really the Yom Tov, so then tomorrow is not really the Yom Tov. So, 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 so I don't really need it uh, tomorrow. And, and, and if tomorrow is the, really the Yom Tov, it's a hold right now I'm making it, so it's no problem. Right, that you can do it tonight. But the Rambam says an interesting thing. You can't do that on Yom Tov Rosh uh, Hashanah uh, because it's all Kiddushah Richta. It says, right? But, but the Rambam says that was bizmanam. Very interesting. The Rambam has a very strange, I, I wouldn't say strange, unique idea. He says that was bizmanam, that it was a safik. It was a safik, which day was the real Yom Tov. So the Rambam says, now we know it's not really the Yom Tov, so it's more strict. It's venafochu. It's, from what you would think. Right, right. The, the opposite. He says, because we know it's not Yom Tov, it's more strict. Why? Because we're keeping it as a vadai minhag. We're keeping it as a vadai, a definite that you have to keep Yom Tov Sheni. Nobody would say it's a safik because we don't, if it were a safik, we know the answer. It's not, it's not a safik. Right, it's, it's a definitely not Yom Tov. Right, so he says, therefore it's more strict. So you can't do all of these, these things anymore, these tricks. The Shulchan Aruch doesn't hold like the Rambam. No. Shulchan Aruch says no. That still, we treat it like a safek the second day. But the Rambam has this interesting thing. It's like counterintuitive because it's not a safek, and we know it's not Yom Tov. It's more strict because that means we're keeping it for sure, right? Nobody says, "Well, maybe it's really the Yom Tov." No, we know this not. Anyway, so now it says. So that's that. So now, now we have a bunch of opinions here. If a person goes physically to the spot where he wants his Tuchum to begin, like let's say he wants the extra 2,000 Amot to the west, so he goes out to the west 2,000 Amot, waits for Shabbat to start and says, this is my Makom. So he does that, then he has to do it again on the second day. Similarly, if you put food there for Eruv on the first day of the Yom Tov, and then it will not help him 
if it gets eaten or consumed or destroyed, it will not help him for the second day. That's Divrei Rabbi. That's what Rabbi says. So in other words, he's definitely holding Shtei Kedushot. It's two different Kedushot and therefore the Eruv will only work if somehow it's made purposely made for both days. If, it's, if, if it disappears in between, it won't work. However, Rabbi Yudaomer, Harei Ze Chamar Gamal. We saw this before. This is a donkey driver and a camel driver. So you say, okay, the guy makes double the uh, wages, but that's not, that's not good because one has to be led from the front and one has to be led from the back, meaning he's stuck on both ends. In other words, since we don't know, and he's saying it's a safek, we don't know whether to treat these two days as since we don't know, therefore we say that we have to treat his eruv as if it is good, but as if it's not good, meaning we can't give him the benefit of the eruv. We can't let him go further than the 2,000 amot, but we also can't let him go the other direction because maybe the eruv was good and he's stuck, right? So we give him the worst, he gets the worst, of both worlds, out of the Safek. Rabban Shemom Agam Yelva Rabbi Shemom Menor Shel Rabbi Yochanan Ben Borka Omrim Erev Aglav Rishon En Ma Erev Aglav Rishoni Nechalu Yovo Biyom Rishon Yotzei Alav Rishoni. They say exactly the opposite. That once you've made an eruv on the first day, it covers both days. You went there. Let's say it's Friday Shabbat uh, d- double header. You went on Thursday. You waited till sunset to declare your eruv that this is my makom. That's where I'm going to be, and I get a more two thousand more amot in this direction. Then that counts for the two days. You put bread there. That also counts for the two days. Even if it gets eaten on the first day, it'll count for two days. According to them, it's all one long day. Okay? So we have one opinion that it is definitely two days. One opinion that it is, we don't know, where it's a suffix, so we have to treat it stringently on both. And a third opinion that says that it's definitely only one day. Fine. So now, Amarav, Rav said, The law follows these four elders. According to Rabbi Eliezer, that the, halach, that the rule is that it's two Kiddushot, Ve'elohed. Who are the four Zekenim? Rabban Shemom Gamliel, Rabbi Shemom Rabbi Yochanan Ben Boka, Rabbi Eliezer, Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Yosbar Yehuda Stimta'a. These are the four. Rabban Shemom Gamliel, Rabbi Shemom, the son of Rabbi Yochanan Ben Boka, Rabbi Eliezer, Rabbi Shimon, and Rabbi Yossi Bar Yehuda, who is the, the anonymous one, meaning we don't know anything about his background further than that, Stimta'a. V'yikad Amrayin Sam say, Chad Minayu, Rabbi Elazar, one of them was Rabbi Elazar, umapik Rabbi Yosef Bar Yehudas Timta'an, take out Rabbi Yosef Bar Yehudas Timta'an, meaning some people have a different version of the list, where instead of somebody named Rabbi Yosef Bar Yehudas in there, it's somebody named Rabbi Elazar instead. Fine, but either way, the point is there are four Chachamim that agreed with Rabbi Eliezer, and we follow them. We just read in a Brita a second ago, that Rabban Shemom Gamliel and Rabbi Shmuel, Rabbi Shmuel, the son of Rabbi Yochanan ben Broka, both said that we treat it as one Kiddusha, not two. We just read that a second ago, literally at the top of this page, that they say that it's only one day, and therefore even if your Eruv got destroyed between day one and day two, it's still good. Right, so how could you say they're among the four elders that say that it's two Kiddushot? It's not true. Right, because Rav was saying, so they say, okay, no problem, Epoch, we can always take out the white out, take, change it, it's no problem. Right? If that's true, but if that's true, then Rabbi at the beginning of the Mishnah who said that really we treat it as two Kiddushot. So why did it then bring the opinion of Rabban Shimon ben Gamliel and Rabbi Ishmael ben Osha Rabbi Yochanan ben Broka as a new opinion? It's not a new opinion. They're just agreeing, agreeing with Rabbi from the beginning of the Mishnah that it's two Kiddushot. It says, you're right. And I guess it should say, Rabbi Ishmael ben Rabbi Yochanan ben Broka. In other words, really the bright once we start taking out the white out, we can keep whiting it out and just make it that they were just agreeing with Rabbi. They weren't disagreeing. Okay? So then we have another basic question. Why in Rav's list is Rabbi not mentioned? Because after all, the first person who says it's two Kiddushot is Rabbi. And you're saying, Rabban Shemom ben Gamliel, 
And Rabbi Ishmael, the son of Rabbi Yochanan ben Boka, are agreeing with Rabbi, but you don't mention Rabbi on the list. Why don't you mention Rabbi on the list? Because who Rabbi Tanela Vilosavagla? He might have included it. He might have reported Rabbi Eliezer's opinion, but it doesn't mean that he endorsed Rabbi Eliezer's opinion. Maybe he was just reporting it. So Rabbananami Tanula Vilosavila. So how do you know these other rabbis? Maybe they were also just reporting Rabbi Eliezer's opinion and they didn't agree with it. Rav Gmara Gamila. We go back on the, the, the argument that you can't argue with, which is it was just a tradition that he had that these rabbis agreed with Rabbi Eliezer that he heard oral tradition. You can't argue with it because it's just a, a piece of fact. When Rav Huna passed away, Ayla of Khizdal Mirma. Rav Huna came into the yeshiva after the passing of Rav Chizda. I guess he took his place giving the shiur. It sounds like the shiur used to be given by Rav Huna. And then when he passed away, Rav Chizda came to give the shiur. And he, he, he raised a contradiction between two statements of Rav. Did Rav really say that the law follows the four And according to the position of Rabbi Eliezer, that when you have a, a Yom Tov and a, she, and a Shabbat back to back, they're treated as one long Kiddushot. I'm sorry, as two Kiddushot. was stated otherwise. Because Shabbat Yom Tov, Rav We're going to learn about this in Masechet Beitza a lot. Okay? But basically, if an egg is born on Yom Tov, it's the very first Mishnah Vesechet Beitza, Beitza Shenolda Bi Yom Tov, right? Beit Shamai Omrim Lo Teachel, Beit Il Omrim Teachel, right? That's the, that's the um, beginning of Vesechet Beitza, but the, uh, and the Gemara discusses why, what's the problem with an egg that's born, that's laid on Yom Tov, but one of the answers is that uh, that we're talking about biyom tov shechal yod beyom shabbat askinan. We're talking about a yom tov that falls, or uh, I'm sorry, biyom tov shechal b'motzei shabbat. That basically the the egg was formed on shabbat and then was born on yom tov. So really, it was like shabbat prepared for yom tov or yom tov prepared for shabbat, and that's a problem. When that's why he says when you have yom tov and shabbat next to each other, if an egg is born on that day, you assume that it actually was completed by the chicken on the previous day. And therefore, you're benefiting from a preparation that took place on the previous day, and that's not allowed, right? And so, if that's true, if we're really saying it's Shtei Kedushotin, right? We, so, Shabbat Yom Tov, Nolda Asura So, if it's born on one of them, it's prohibited on the other one. But really, um, according to this, it's a. Um, where does Rashi say? One second. I thought Rashi said something here. Does he? Oh no, okay. So since it's, so the, the question is, what's the problem with the, uh, with the egg that's born on, uh, on a Shabbat versus a, uh, versus Yom Tov? If we're holding that it's all one long, that it's two different Kiddushot, because you said that really the halacha follows the opinion of Rabbi Eliezer that's two Kiddushot, right? And Rav said, if it's born on one, it is, uh, it, it's prohibited on the other one. Amar said, so, so again, it's because of preparation. In other words, the, the thing is, if it's really two Kiddushot, then what should be the problem? Because it was already born on the previous day, right? In other words, if Yom Tov became before Shabbat, it was born on Yom Tov, that means it was finished in the chicken on Thursday, and then it came out on Friday, so now by the time it's Shabbat, it's fine, right? So it should be okay. And if it was Shabbat and then Yom Tov, so that means it was really completed in the chicken on Friday. It was born on Shabbat. So by Yom Tov, it should be fine. If it's two Kiddushot, what's the problem? It should only be a problem when it's one Kiddushot because it was, it was prepared on the same day, which meaning it was, if it was born on Shabbat, then, and, and now it's Yom Tov, yeah, and it's two Kiddushot. So you're going to say that really, uh, that, uh, from right, from one to the other. 
But if it's if it's it, it sounds like you're saying if you're saying that noldabaze asurabaze, so it sounds like uh, you're saying that they are not two kedushot. It sounds like you're saying that they are one kedusha. So it says no because that's an issue of hachana. That's an issue of preparation. That that preparation should not be done. From Shabbat to Yom Tov. So if it's born on Yom Tov, shouldn't be able to be used on Shabbat. If it's born on Shabbat, it should be able to be used on Yom Tov. What? Huh? No, meaning that it came into existence. Yeah, it came into existence. It's, it's a, this is really a piece from Masechet Beitzah. That really it's a, that, that because Moshe Rabbeinu told the people on the sixth day, or Hashem told Moshe to tell the people that uh, on the sixth day on Friday they should prepare everything for Shabbat because weekday prepares for Shabbat and weekday prepares for Yom Tov, but Yom Tov should not prepare for Shabbat and Shabbat should not prepare for Yom Tov. So that the, the, um, the, the point is that that's a separate issue as to wh- whether it's two Kedushot or one Kedushah is not relevant. The real issue is whether the uh, whether this item was prepared on chol for Shabbat and it wasn't prepared on chol for Shabbat, it was it came into existence during uh, Shabbat or during Yom Tov and is now being uh, utilized on the other day. So that's that's the problem, right? So the shtei kedushot issue is actually worse because you're basically saying that it was um, that it was uh, uh, you know that that the whatever the first day was is preparing for that second day, right? and that that's what the problem is over there. Right? Even though you're saying it's two kedushot, Amale Abaya Abaya said to him, "Elahad itnan ketzadu osem molichov rishon machshich alav v'notlo balo b'sheni machshich alav ochlo uvalo." So it says, if a person uh, has the two days, so he goes on the first day and he waits there by the tchum, and then he can take the bread back, and then he can come on the second day and sit there, and then he can eat it, right? But wait a second, we're talking about obviously a case where the first day is Friday and the second day is Shabbat. So this person went on Thursday and he made the Eruv for Yom Tov. And then he comes back on Friday afternoon and he makes it again for Shabbat. That's what it's talking about. But that's a clear example of preparing from Yom Tov for Shabbat. Exactly. Yeah. So what about that? Amalei Rabbah, Rabbah said to him, Misa, what Sofayom Kone? You're assuming that the Eruv, is, Kone Eruv, that the Sofayom Kone Eruv, that the end of Friday is when the, the Eruv comes into existence, meaning on, at sunset. But Chilat Yom Kone Eruv, Shabbat Mechina Latzma, actually, when does the Eruv take effect? At Tzeta Kochavim, when Shabbat starts. Shabbat Mechina Latzma. Shabbat sets up its own situation. In other words, the, the actual Eruv doesn't take effect until Shabbat starts, so there's no real preparation on Yom Tov for Shabbat because what you did wasn't anything. It wasn't significant until Shabbat started. If that's true, what about the case of the lagin before that we saw, of the pitcher that we saw that was tevel, and you wanted to not separate the maser or the truma from that, uh, from that wine until nightfall because the pitcher was a tevul yom, it had been to the mikveh just that day. So you, don't want, so you said, it should become truma tonight at Tzeta uh, Kochavi. So you can't use that for the eruv. Right? And the question was, oh, well, you see from that that obviously the Erov takes effect while it's still day, right after sunset, not at Tzetok Chavim. And so therefore, when the Erov wants to take effect, the Truma still hasn't been separated. So that's why it doesn't work. Because if the Erov took effect at Tzetok Chavim, so then it would be simultaneous. The Truma declaration and the, uh, and the, uh, the Erov would take place at the same time. That would be bad. That would be okay. So, so you see from this not. So it says no. We gave the same answer before. There's a different issue, which is that the food has to be edible at the time that you set up the eruv, even though the eruv itself doesn't take effect 
until later. So he's saying, since the Eruv doesn't take effect until Shabbat officially starts at Tzedek Ochavim, nothing actually happened on Yom Tov to prepare for Shabbat. However, since the Eruv, but there's a separate halacha that the Eruv has to be edible and accessible to use before sunset of Shabbat, and, there, and that you wouldn't be complying with in the case of the Truma, because the, trum, the thing was Tevel until Tzedek Ochavim. El Hadith, now what about the following Mishnah? What about the fact that, he, that Rabbi Eliezer said, you can actually put two Eruvin, one to the east and one to the west. Now, what, if you think about it, there's a big problem. Because the one to the east, let's say, is for the first day. No problem, it's to the east, no problem. Okay. The one to the west for the second day, so when does that take effect? If it takes effect, you're saying that it has to be, it's going to take effect Friday, right? But the problem is you're saying it has to be something that's edible and accessible on Friday at sunset, even though the Eruv doesn't actually take effect until Tzete Kochavim. But at sunset on Friday, would you actually be able to get to it? No, because you have the Eruv that restricts you from going to the west, because you have the Eruv to the east. You're not allowed to go there. So it wouldn't be good. So it says, ah, the answer is, you wouldn't be able to get there. So it says, You're imagining the most extreme. You're imagining that the guy put something 2,000 amot to the east of the city and 2,000 amot to the west and therefore they're mutually exclusive. But he didn't do that. He put it 1,000 amot to the east of the city and therefore he still had 1,000 on the other side that he could walk out. Right? And that's where he put the other one. So since they overlap, and he gets another thousand on, you know, he's going to get another, he's going to get an extension on, on each side from that spot. But the point is, he didn't end up excluding the, the other. So therefore, even on Yom Tov, he would be able to go to the place where his other Eruv was, just not further past it. Right. But he'd be able to go up to it, and then starting on Shabbat, he'd be able to go further past it, and that would be the advantage. El what about the following statement? Rav Yehuda said, if a person goes to make the Eruv with his feet, meaning he goes to sit there until Yom Tov starts, right? Then he has to come back and do it on the second day. And if he uses bread, then he uses bread on the second day also, right? He has to go and renew it on the second day. This is according to the position that it's Shtei Kiddushot. You have to do it again. So, Isn't that a classic case of getting Shabbat, getting Yom Tov, you're getting, you know, ready on Yom Tov for Shabbat? Right, Rashi says, it's talking about. You're walking there in order to establish the Eruv. So it says, So we explain that really you didn't do anything when it came to the bread, right? But if you go there, you're sitting there and you're stating, this is my place that I'm establishing for, you, for Shabbat, you're definitely doing something on Yom Tov. That is for the sake of Shabbat. You'll say that, that when it comes to the bread, since the bread doesn't make any halachic impact and you don't do anything until after, until Tzedek Chavim, so you didn't officially do anything. But with your body, when you're going and saying, I'm here to show that this is my place for Shabbat, you're definitely preparing Yom Tov for Shabbat. So how do you deal with that? So it says, He doesn't have to say anything. Just let him go. Right? He can just go and sit there quietly and it automatically takes effect. So he's not actually doing anything outwardly to prepare on Yom Tov for Shabbat. Kiman, who does this accord with? Because according to Rabbi Yochanan ben Nuri, even something that doesn't belong to anyone, let's say it's just in a random place, it's automatically limited by the Shabbat rules to 2,000 amot of travel. 
So meaning, if you find an item that's hefker, according to Rabbi Yochanan ben Uri, and it's, you can, it cannot, be, you can't wear it, let's say, outside the tchum, because it has its own tchum. Since it didn't belong to anybody, it gets its own tchum. Now, if it belonged to you, it would follow your tchum. But since it, does, since it gets its own tchum, from wherever it is, it gets 2,000 emot to travel. So in the same way, if you just go and sit someplace, automatically, without saying or doing anything, you end up establishing your tchum. So you didn't really do any preparation because you didn't do any outward action or say anything. But the, the Gemara says, Afilu even the rabbis would agree because there is a machlok between Rabbi Yochanan and the rabbis about a person who fell asleep, whether that establishes a tchum for the person. Like let's say you fell asleep out in the forest. Now do you have a tchum like you didn't make it all the way home before Shabbat. Did you establish yourself a tchum now to that direction? You, know, you, didn't, have you didn't have the intention. Oh. So that's what they were talking about. But if he's awake, if I, uh, that was be a shed. Because he couldn't say anything. Right? So that it, he could have said something. In other words, when the guy is awake, we take his action as speaking in and of itself. When the guy is asleep, we don't interpret his action because he couldn't say anything. Okay, so but when a guy is awake and he goes and he sits in a place, oh, he he's demonstrating it. he doesn't have to verbalize it, right? right? If Rabbah had heard the following statement, then he wouldn't have said what he said. Meaning, he wants to say that the guy goes and he sits there without saying anything. So Rashi says. That he said that he goes, even though he's going there while it's still day, it's not considered preparation. He said if he had heard this, he would have retracted. Because uh, look at the following teaching. Because a person shouldn't go to the end of his field to see what it's going to need after Shabbat. Meaning he shouldn't walk there and, and examine his, uh, his field on Shabbat. He shouldn't go and stand by the bathhouse so he can get in, be first on line when Shabbat is over. Right? He shouldn't do that. So you see that even though he's not saying anything, it's considered preparing for after Shabbat. So it, it says, if he had heard this, miyad hadarbei, right? I'm sorry, no, hadarbei, right? If he had heard this, then he would have, then, then he would have, he would have retracted, right? If he had heard this, that, yeah, because it's the end of the sentence. If he had heard that which it stated in the bright, etc., etc., he would have, he would have uh, retracted. But it's not true. It's not true. He heard it and he didn't retract. He knew that halacha. But he still, he still said that walking out into the forest and sitting there is not considered preparation. Why? Because because over there where you're going and standing by the mirchats, you're going standing by the or edge of your field. It's obvious you're going to look at your business. It's obvious you're going to the uh, to the bathhouse. It's clear what you're doing. It's obvious. But here, here you see a guy wandering in the forest. You'll say, okay, if he's a if he's a talmid chacham, he's probably lost in thought and wandering around. You know, he just uh, he's lost in thought. And if it's a regular guy, he's looking for his donkey, probably or whatever. Right? You, you don't know why the guy's wandering in the forest. You don't know. Right? Gufa, we go back to what we said before. If the person made the eruv with his presence on the first day, he has to do it again. On the second day. If he did it on, with bread, he does it again on the second day, right? However, 
If he made an Eruv with the, on the first day with bread, he can go there on the second day to establish the Eruv. But if he went, did it with his presence on the first day, he should not use bread on the second day. Because we don't use the bread as a first thing. In other words, you shouldn't, because it's like a new entity that you're preparing from one day to the other. Right? So it says, Shmuel says the reason why you can make an Eruv on the second day with bread since you made it on the first day is you're using the same bread. In other words, you brought bread to make the Eruv Tchumin on the first day, on Thursday. You brought it back with you. And on the second day on Friday, you can either go to a different direction according to Rabbi Eliezer or the same one and you renew it with the same bread. You're not introducing anything new. So it's okay. However, right? In other words, it uses the term it in the Mishnah, meaning it's the same bread he's using throughout. He doesn't create anything new from one day to the other. What about the rabbis that said, that didn't agree with this? And Rashi explains, the Rabbanan here, is talking about Abaye and Rabbi Barchanan, because they said, that uh, they said even with another bread it should be okay. Right? So it says, They'll tell you, you know what, really, if you wanted to use another bread, it's okay. Because it's not really regarded as a kind of preparation to go and walk there with bread and sit there with bread. It's not considered, a, it's not considered preparation. It's just giving you good advice. Don't waste bread. You know? You already had this bread for the Eruv. You don't need another bread. Use the same one. But it's not saying you have to. Just giving an example that the guy is using the same bread twice. But in theory, he wouldn't have to use the same bread. He could even introduce a new bread. And it wouldn't be considered a preparation, a problematic preparation from one day to the other just to bring bread to a location and to leave it there. And that's the, the conclusion of the Gemara is, uh, I mean, seemingly is that it's, you know, that it's shtei kedushot, basically, that we, t- we treat Yom Tov and, sh- and Rishon Shani as shtei kedushot. But obviously, if a person wanted to make an Erovet Chumin, they could leave one and have in mind that it would have, you know, would be an effect for both as long as that Erovet Chumin stays intact, you know, from the first day to the second.